0: Hey everybody, welcome to the One Amazing Life podcast. My name is Chris Stewart and we are excited that you are joining us on this week's show. As always, I'm joined by my other co-host, my main man, and his name is...
1: Hey, this is Jamie Nelson joining you guys. Hey, Chris, I just want to point out, man, you're wearing a hat today. What's going on with that, man? Why are you wearing a
0: hat? Well, first of all, hats are very stylish, Jamie, but uh, second of all, (laughs) this is kind of like my Rocky hat, you know what I mean? So I feel like we're in the the midst of a, a, a spiritual warfare in life right now, so I'm getting a little bit of extra help. I decided to tone it down a little bit.
2: <laughs> well,
1: it looks good. It looks pretty dapper for a hat. I'm just wearing a regular old baseball hat, but you got a, a good-looking hat on today, so I want to say uh, well done. Well done.
0: Uh, cool. Jamie, so and I'm pretty excited today. As always, man, we are doing a podcast that is for teens and young adults, by teens and young adults, and uh, now it's cool. Today, we are talking about mission trips. We're talking about Uh, how we serve in other countries, and things like that. So without any further ado, man, let's jump right in. I'm going to introduce our esteemed guests, all of which I know and think are awesome, so I'm excited to share their stories with the world today. Uh, We're going to start off with my first guest. He is sitting here to my right. His name is?
2: Hey, guys. It's Ezra.
0: Now, Ezra has been on the show numerous times. He's one of the fan favorites. Ezra, uh, how old are you? And um, tell us a little bit about your favorite subject in school.
2: Uh, I'm 16 so I'm a junior in high school right now and my favorite subject probably math just because I'm like the best at it better than like all my other subjects it's
0: good to know that's good to know I could always use some help on math so I'm gonna write that down real quick okay and uh our next guest she's coming to us live and her name is um hi I'm Sydney Sydney, great to have you back on the show as well. And uh, Sydney, now, w- how old are you? And um, and tell us a little bit about your sports career.
3: Um, I'm 17 and I play basketball and I'm hoping to go to college to play.
0: Any particular college uh, that you have in mind in case they're listening?
3: Um. Yes, I would like to go to the Air Force Academy.
0: Awesome. And I'm sure that you, it's, it's great. I've seen you play before and uh, God has definitely blessed you with that gift. So, Awesome job on that. And ending our introductions, last but not least, my main man, his name is? I'm Matt. Matt, thanks for coming back on the show. Always good to have you here as well. And uh, Matt, what is your age? And uh, and tell us a little bit about your music career.
4: I'm 16. I've been playing drums for many years, and I'm in the uh, worship band at church.
0: You're killing it every week back there on the skins. Is that what kids are saying nowadays? I guess so. Uh, cool. All right, well, let's jump into the show because I know we're all waiting for this one. Um, now, before we get started, though, you know, Jamie, could you give us a little kind of definition on what uh, a missions trip is, or or how that whole world kind of unfolds, so we get an idea of what it actually looks like for the people that aren't really familiar with that?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question because you know not everyone knows what a mission trip is. You think about a mission and. All of a sudden, you're like, hey, what is that? You know, like when I was in fourth grade, I visited a mission in, uh, you know, in uh, California history or something like that. You know, you, you don't really know what that word is. But basically, a mission trip is this. It's when you take a trip and, and you have a mission on your trip. And what is the mission? It's to spread God's love. So that can be usually in two different categories. One of them would be uh, someone who would be considered a missionary and they go on a full time long-term mission trip that would be like a year or even uh, as much as a lifetime. Some people go out uh, for their entire lives on a mission trip and they move somewhere to spread the love of God. Uh, And then some people do what we call short-term mission trips, and those could last uh, anywhere from like a day or a weekend to maybe a month, uh, something like that. And so today I think we're kind of looking at this sort of short-term mission trip idea where people go out to a place they're not familiar with or a country that they wouldn't normally be familiar with. And they go there to spread God's love in different ways.
0: Sweet. Thank you. That, yeah, that definitely helps clarify. You know, cause I'm kind of like you, right? Growing up, like I was on missions. I would hear these stories of people that like go off into far off lands where there's no electricity and crazy mosquitoes and disease and, and they're passing out Bibles or, or preaching to people that really don't, you know, don't even really know the language. So, uh, You know, and then obviously, as I as I grew up, you know, I've been on quite a few mission trips myself. And and you really can. There's so many different places and things to go and serve. So, you know, let's jump in and find out what all of our guests want to talk about, because I know they've all been on some mission trips and they can give us kind of like a bird's eye view into what it was like for them. Um, Matt, let's start with you. Matt, why don't you give us a a little background on some of the mission trips that you've been in, just meaning like uh, like what country did you go to and what was the purpose for the visit?
4: So, uh, let's see. Some of the mission trips that I've gone on is Come Build Hope, where we drive down to Mexico and help build houses. And I've done that one a couple times. And uh, the other big one is El Salvador, where we went down to El Salvador and uh, helped out the kids there for about a week.
0: Cool. I like it. Uh, Sydney. I'm going to uh, shoot to you real quick, too. What, uh, could you tell us a little bit about the mission trips that you've been on, like what country and what the purpose was?
3: Yes, um, I went to Hungary and we did, um, we served like in a teen's camp over summer. And then I went to Come Build Hope as well. And I was learning to build houses. And then I also went to El Salvador. And yeah, like you said, we um, worked with kids and we helped make relationships and strengthen our partnership. And we did a service project. So.
0: Okay, cool. Um, we're going to come back to that, that service project as well. Um, but I want to shoot over to Ezra, too, and get a little background on you. Ezra, what mission trips uh, have you been on, brother? And uh, and what was the purpose of those? Uh,
2: just like Matt, I've been to Cumber Hope twice, two times, I think. And then uh, also El Salvador last summer. Just like what Jamie said, trying to spread like God's love and doing a lot of service projects and just helping out the people down there.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, so, Sydney, I'm going to jump back to you real quick. Tell us a little bit about the service project that you did in El Salvador.
3: At this church that we are partnering with, they have um, kind of like this, it, well, it was kind of like a dirt like plot of land. And we helped um, level the land and um, put grass in. And so I think we we're just kind of making it more like fun. And it's kind of more just like a play area.
0: Nice. So like an area for like the kids to play in and kind of like a community I don't know, like a community park or something. Would you? Is, is that a good way to describe
3: it? Yes, it was more. Yeah, it was kind of just like a park, and I think other people could use it too. So,
0: now Sydney, out of your three uh, kind of mission trips you mentioned, you said Hungary, then Mexico, and then El Salvador. Which one? I know it's probably hard to choose, but which one was your favorite and why?
3: I think my favorite was El Salvador because we did home visits and we could see like where um, our sponsored children lived and it was just really cool to see like exactly their life and like learn about their culture. So I think that was my favorite.
0: Now Ezra, I'm going to jump over to you. Now Sydney was talking about uh, sponsored children. I know you have some background in that. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, either the children you sponsor or the children that you sponsor with your youth group?
2: Uh, Well, I don't personally, or as a family sponsor any children, but I know our youth group, both high school and middle school, we have uh, two little girls that we sponsor, and, like, every Wednesday night, we would uh, gather money to, in order to, like, help support them and fund them.
0: Now, cool. Now, Ezra, I believe when you went to El Salvador, you got to meet them, is that correct?
2: Yeah, we, on our home visits, we got to meet, or, well, we met them at church, and then we got to visit their home, like, a couple days later.
0: Okay, cool. Can you take, can you kind of describe to us what that was like to meet somebody that, you know, cause we all kind of see this, you know, this thing on either on TV or we, you know, sometimes, you know, I know some of the concerts I go to in the middle of the sets will stop and, and they'll offer up, um, children to sponsor in other countries. What's that like when you see just a kid on like a little card, right? And you're given five bucks a week or whatever it is, you know, and then you actually get to go down and you meet them in person. What was that like for you?
2: Uh, It was awfully special, really special. It felt like, I know this kind of sounds funny, but like meeting a celebrity for the first time because, you know, you've only been seeing them on like pictures and like, on like little like handouts, but finally meeting them, like it was really special and we could just finally picture them uh, right in front of us instead of just like having a piece of paper, like or screen blocking us.
0: Nice, that's cool, man. I'm gonna shoot it over to you now. You also uh, have been to El Salvador, so you also got to meet the children as well, correct?
4: Yeah, uh, we went and we we met the kids.
0: What what were those kids going through? Like, what what did you see when you were down there? Where you were like, wow, like I had no idea, like that the money I was given was actually either helping with this or that I should be given more. What, what what was that experience like for you?
4: I mean, I knew that the neighborhoods weren't very good, but I'd never seen pictures of the neighborhood that these kids lived in and it was like very not good at all like dirt roads houses are like not holding up well and a lot of times there's a lot of kids in the house and not a lot of adults so few adults are having to like raise a lot of kids and it's like very hard on them so like the more money that we can raise is definitely more beneficial
0: What was when you were in Hungary or when you were in El Salvador? It doesn't have to be El Salvador necessarily, um, or even in Cumberland Hope. I know it's not the same, but when you're dealing with with kids that really don't have a whole lot in their life and you're there to spread God's love, what life lessons were you passing on from you to them?
3: In Hungary, more I saw this that because there were more teens like my age that I could um, more relate to, kind of, but um, just reminding them that they have a purpose and that God really does love them, I think was really important because a lot of them in Hungary came from broken homes. And so it was important for them to know that, like God does love them and that they have a purpose in life and that they're important. So I think that was most important just to give them hope and like hope for their future.
0: Was the language a barrier, honestly?
3: In Hungary, some of them could speak English. And so I think it was easier. In El Salvador, They more spoke Spanish because they were younger um, kids. But I think even with the language barrier, I think we could still communicate well. And um, yeah.
0: Now, Ezra, what about you? Um, When you're there and you're working with people side by side and you're building this park in El Salvador, this community area for people, and you're you're meeting people from all different walks of life, what were some of the things that you were giving them to inspire them or, or to give them hope?
2: You know, like just what Sydney said, that they have a purpose, that they're loved, but also that it gets better. Like it may seem like such a hard time for them, but uh, I know God's work and how uh, he works in different and like miraculous ways. And I can tell them that uh, just have hope that God loves them.
0: Now, cool. Now, Ezra, alongside of this, I have another question for you. When you're doing missions work, Do you ever think about actually becoming a missionary?
2: I've definitely thought about just giving everything up and going on mission trips. But, you know, the life that a bunch of uh, the people in these uh, underdeveloped countries live in, it's hard for them. And it's probably even harder for us because we're just so not used to, like, the conditions there and uh, the weather and everything about about, like, these different places, different cultures that we've never experienced. And uh, yeah, I've thought about it, but it's definitely would be a very hard decision just to like give everything up because of how different and how difficult it could be just to give everything up.
0: No, I hear you. I mean, that's definitely, it is hard work. I mean, that's for sure, Matt, we're going to shoot it over to you now. What about you? Uh, You know, in doing this missions work, have you ever thought about becoming like a full-time missionary? I definitely thought about,
4: um, well, what I could do as a full-time missionary and I definitely like the idea, but, and I've also thought about like, what other ways could I do this full-time, like serve full-time and mission trips are a good way, but I've been thinking about other ways. Like I could become a youth pastor or, um, work full-time at the camp that we go to in summer and winter. So I've definitely been thinking about other ways, um, That I could serve full time and mission trips are a good one, but I'm also considering uh, those other two.
0: That's great. I love how my favorite part about that is that you're open to where God is leading you and you're also open to God using the gifts that He's given you in order to serve others, right? Both key components, I think, in a a very fruitful life. Uh, So I love that answer. Thank you. Now, Sydney, what about you? I know you like to play basketball. I know you have some big college plans coming up and things like that. And you also do a lot of missions work. So have you thought about ever doing like a full-time missionary work, maybe starting a, a women's Christian basketball league in Hungary or, or something like that? Has that ever crossed
3: your mind? Um, Not exactly the basketball one, but um, <laughs> I have thought about um, serving in missions because I do think I really have a passion for serving others and in the, in different countries. But I think my first goal right now is to be in the Air Force, so we'll see where that takes me after. But, yeah, I think it's definitely something I would be interested in in the future.
1: And also to add to that, uh, Sydney, right now you're serving um, in the church as uh, not not necessarily a board member, but you're on a committee Um, that is connected to the El Salvador partnership, and you're the only person who's uh, not an adult um, on the committee. Uh, What's that been like for you to be able to, because you're you're still a part of it. You're still serving kind of maybe not every day, but um, often.
3: I think it's been a really good opportunity for me to learn um, from the adults in the group and see how the mission process works and how like the communication with um, the church in El Salvador and things like that work. It was interesting to make the decision for over the summer um, to not go right now and kind of how like protecting them and us is important. So yeah, it's just been a really great opportunity for me to learn.
0: No, I think that's, that's, that's amazing. And, um, you know, I, I know we've been kind of diving in. We kind of went on a little deep dive about what it means to you. Now, let's kind of have some fun with it. Right. And I'm going to go through and, and hear about some crazy experiences that you guys have had or maybe some foods that you've tried that you uh, wouldn't normally have been on. I remember I went to my first missions trip in uh Brussels, Belgium. That was uh, one of the and, and, uh, in Belgium. And I remember one of the, the host families from the church. The first day we were there, they served us what I thought was roast beef and it turned out to be horse meat. And I was, after I ate, I was like, this is delicious. What is this? And they were like, oh, that's from our horse. I was like, oh.
1: Horse meat, really, Chris? You've had horse meat before.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit more careful now when I go on missions trips before I just dive into whatever they're giving me. Matt, tell us about, um, like, one of your favorite experiences? Like, how about food? What's your favorite food that you've had on a mission trip?
4: Uh, the food that we had in El Salvador is really good. We had, um, their, their big thing in El Salvador is pampusas. They're kind of like tortillas, but like a lot thicker. And you can like put a bunch of stuff in them. The horse thing kind of reminded me of, we, we had flan one night and it was undercooked. And I think that gave me food poisoning. <laughs> oh no.
1: And now I don't know what he's talking about. Cause I ate a bite of that flan and I was, I was a-okay.
0: <laughs>
4: and I ate about 10 bites of that flan.
0: Ezra, what about you, Matt? Have you had any crazy experiences on the road, uh, being in missions work? Uh, any any tragedies have befallen you, either through food or medicine?
2: Uh, yeah, so in El Salvador, the weather is just crazy different from the weather in like San Diego or anywhere in the United States. It's so dry and hot, and one day, uh, I got this aching headache. It was so like probably the worst headache I've ever had that day. We were out in the sun for probably most of the day. And I started like, I started the day with, you know, a couple ibuprofens just to ease the pain. And, uh, I guess it somehow just got worse and worse. So I thought, Oh, if it if it's getting worse, that means I'm not taking enough Advil. So uh, as the day went on, the more Advil I took and, Basically, at the end of the day, it was, like, maybe 10 o'clock, you know, viewer discretion. um, I started uh, emptying my guts. Like, it was bad. And then, like, I kind of realized that, oh, I took, like, one too many Advil or, like, five too many Advils. (laughs) But it was definitely, like, I guess now it's a funny story to tell. But at the moment, it wasn't that fun to be a part of.
0: Wow, that sounds horrific, man. Like, Advil over was in El Salvador, man. That must have been a, a very
2: scary experience. On July fourth, yeah. Cindy, what about you?
3: In Hungary, I remember the first night we got there, we kind of um, like had um, like a little gathering um, to introduce um, us, and then the translators in Hungary. And they had pizza there, and just like they had like normal names, but like the toppings that were on it were just like not exactly what would like you would find here. I mean, I, I guess it doesn't sound that weird, but there's, like, corn on, like, like a normal pizza. So they just, That's, like, added weird things to, like, normal pizzas. I don't know. So I guess, like, that was their version of pizza, which is not that weird, but...
1: Corn on pizza sounds weird to me. I don't know about you, Chris. That sounds weird. I would see was, that and think something's wrong.
3: Yeah, I think they had a lot of corn there, so I don't know if that was their thing. But then also their breakfast is a lot different. It was more, like... You have like ham and like cheese and bread for a lot of the meals. And it was like soup was another big thing there. So their menu selections are a lot different than ours.
0: Yeah, no, it's true, huh? It's like the uh, they eat in a different way. Matt, I'm gonna shoot back over to you real quick. Tell me about um, being in and come build hope, right? And we're down and you're down there building houses uh, in Mexico what do people think like building houses, man, tell us about what the house is actually like. Cause I think people might think that you're down there building like a two story stucco job with the nice landscape. And and what it actually tell us a little bit about that experience and what the houses are actually made out of and, and what that looks like, brother. So
4: come hope. We drive in on Friday and we sleep. And then Saturday we wake up early Our breakfast, go down to the campsite or not the campsite, the, uh, the building site. And the, uh, the company that kind of runs the whole thing, they provide a flat uh, concrete slab to build a house on, and all the materials, like all the two by fours and all that. And then everything else is just us, and we build I don't know exactly the dimensions, but it's like they're not that big one story, two rooms split by like one wall, and just like one flat roof. We build it in about one and a half days, so there's not much that we can do, but they're good for what they're for, I guess.
0: It's better than what they had, right? But it's, uh, it is is small. They're probably like, what, 200, 300, 250 square feet or something? Maybe max. I don't even know. But uh, right, they have like a window in it, and it's pretty much just like plywood, chicken wire, and like concrete mortar, right? Yeah. What were the reactions of people when they see their house, Matt? Tell us about that.
4: They're, they're so happy when they see their house. We have a, um, we always make it a big deal and we, we give them the key and we give them a Bible and we all sign it and they're just so happy that they like, that they have a place to live and a roof over their head. They're, they're always so happy and grateful because they, the way it works is they have to, I'm pretty sure they have to like help build some houses with, through the program. And then once they do that enough then they can have a house built for them. And it's not even us building it for them. They're like building it with us, which is
0: awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Sydney, I'm going to shoot it over to you real quick too. So Matt mentioned that we give them keys. What What do you think that it's like for you to experience somebody actually having a house with a locking door and like four walls where they're safe from the elements?
3: Um, so I think the best part probably of the mission is giving them the keys at the end. Because I think, like you said, it's, it's giving them a lock to their home that kind of like protects them from the other things and I think it's like it's a really big deal kind of just to have the home that protects you from stuff and then to make it a home um I know they provide like um curtain rods over the windows and um after we leave they help add more kind of like things to it to make it more homely so but I think it's always super emotional when you kind of like come together and see what you made for these people who are like really in need.
0: No, it is, it's quite an experience. Ezra, what, what, what's what been your favorite part of building the houses? Like, were you put in charge of anything in particular? Or like what what aspect of building the houses? What What's that like for you to actually do something like that? What does that mean to you? Uh,
2: you know, it means a lot just because it's kind of different. Like I I'm not a handyman or I don't usually like build houses or build things for my free time so doing something that is kind of out of my comfort zone for like a better cause, better purpose or just to help others is really special to me because you know like I said I don't usually build things in my free time but just doing something that I don't usually do for other people that actually need need these things uh, uh makes me feel like oh god's really working through me so I could build these houses and let them have like a better life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. All right, guys, before we wrap it up, cause we're kind of running short on time here. Uh, you know, I think mission trips can also be described as adventures, right? Like, like you're going on this adventure and you don't really know what it's going to look like. And am I going into a place that's unsafe? Am I going into a place where am I going to be able to eat the food? Is the water safe? Or, you know, like I don't speak the language. A lot of like, you know, it can get kind of, I don't want to say stressful, but there can be a little bit of anxiety. Also the, the plane flights, right? Like that's. It's sometimes long. Matt, tell us about what's the travel like for you? Like, what's it like being an adventure? And what's the sense that you get when you get back home? Like, how do you feel different as a human being?
4: For Mexico, like Tundled Hope, you kind of know what is going to happen. It's like, and it's just a weekend and you're just kind of staying there. So it's like, it's still an adventure, but it's nowhere near the level of like how it was in El Salvador. Like, I just had no clue what I was getting myself into. And I just didn't know what it was going to be like until I was there. And when I got there, it was like, it was awesome. And then coming back, especially from El Salvador, it's like, you just kind of don't want to leave. Like you've been here for a week and you're finally like getting to know all the local people. And then you got to go and it kind of sucks, but you definitely feel like a little bit of a new person, I guess.
0: Nice. I like that. Sydney, what about you? What's it like being on an adventure like that?
3: Um, it's always really exciting when you like are on the way there. Cause I think you're going like into the unknown and like, like Matt said, like, we didn't know how like safe it was going to be or what it was going to look like. But I think like, that's the fun of it kind of is like waiting to see what it's going to be like. And then once you're there experiencing their culture and how they live. And then, especially when I came back from El Salvador, it was, it was pretty hard coming home, kind of like seeing how they live and how their everyday life is a lot different than ours and it's hard for them to make money and make a living and then coming home and being kind of like, I mean, a lot more privileged, I guess you'd say. And I mean, it was hard adjusting and
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a great way to put it. Ezra, what about you? What's the, what's the adventure part of this like for you?
2: For me, like I love going on adventures and exploring new places and definitely for El Salvador. Cause we, when we arrived in El Salvador, uh, and got out of like airports and my customs and all that, it was like super dark. And it kind of felt like we were walking into something that we had no like light or light upon or any idea or clue, like what was gonna be past like the darkness in kind of like a metaphorical sense. Yeah, it was just the adventure part, seeing new things, seeing new cultures, definitely like Matt said, changed me into a different person after all of it was done.
1: Yeah. And I got a question for you guys. I'm wondering, what would you tell someone who maybe is like on the fence right now that like they might want to go on a short term mission trip or, or they might want to go and experience this, maybe someone who's your age, or maybe even a little younger? Uh, What would you tell them? What would you what advice would you give them if they're considering going on a mission trip experience? Yeah,
3: um, I would say definitely give it a try. Because even like, even if you hear stories like, um, we heard about El Salvador, how like there's all there's a lot of like um gang violence and all of that. but I think I mean, especially for our mission trip it was pretty safe. but I think giving it a try is probably the most important part because I mean, I know I came out like kind of a different person. I mean, like I experienced things that will influence my life for um like forever. So I think, yeah, I would definitely go
4: and uh, Matt, what about you? Oh yeah, I would definitely just say, I mean, think about it a little bit, but On like at the same time, don't think about it and just kind of do it. Like, if it's something that even interests you in a little bit and you've never gone on one before, just go for it because you don't know what's gonna happen. Like, it could it could be something that changes your life forever. And a lot of people think that like money is a big problem. Like, they're these trips can be pretty expensive, but like most of the time, the church will like help you and you can find sponsorships or like raise money. So, like anyone who would be worried about that, that like they can't go on this experience, is like because of money, it's usually not that big of an
2: issue. I Yeah, I would say um, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Like, your parents usually won't go up to you and say, oh, let's go on vacation to El Salvador or, like, somewhere where your church would go on a mission trip. So it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, uh, and it would just change your life for the better. And you could just meet so many new people, experience different cultures outside of, like, our, uh, main sphere, like in the United States.
0: You know, I just want to say thanks again for you guys, uh, being on the show today, you guys did a great job. And, uh, I think we really painted a clear picture of what missions work is like. Um, you know, and I'll kind of second with Matt there, you know, as we start closing up, first of all, you know, we really want to acknowledge all of the missionaries that are out there right now, especially during the whole kind of coronavirus thing that's going on. It's gotta be kind of a scary thing. And, and we also want to acknowledge, you know, a lot of the missions trips that are being canceled right now for safety reasons. And, uh, you know, we just want to ask God to watch over all the people that, um, you know, we're supposed to be receiving different kinds of help and aid right now. Uh, we know he'll take care of them as well. But, you know, to, to kind of second what Matt said as well is, um, you know, if this is something you want to do, God will always provide. Right. And, and so don't worry about the money or don't worry about, you know, having a suitcase, the right all this kind of stuff. If this is on your heart, um, I can guarantee you that there is always a, where there's a will, there's always a way. But especially uh, in doing this kind of work, God always provides it. I've known quite a few people to do this work, uh, literally hundreds over the years. And, um, and God has never failed them in this work. So um, that's kind of what we've got, I think, as a wrap up. Jamie, anything you want to add before we close out the show?
1: Yeah, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out to the two organizations we partner with. One is Compassion International uh, who we sponsor children through and also did a mission trip with that we've referred to today and then also Amor Ministries who does the house building down in, uh, in Mexico and just wanted to uh, mention those two places uh, they're doing good work, working hard and have been really good partners with us so just a A shout out of gratitude to those two organizations.
0: Awesome. I love it. Once again, we want to thank Matt, Sydney, and Ezra for being our special guests today. I want to thank my co-host, as always, Jamie. And, of course, we want to thank our amazing producer, Patrick, who uh, we could not do this show without. So thanks to all of you. Thanks for everybody tuning in across the world. We look forward to seeing or talking with you again next week. That's all we got for the One Amazing Life crew and staff
2: we thanks for tuning in again and we'll see you all next week